A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners. Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rudy Anson, Rue Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rukens, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. Conversations. Hi, everyone. Design to Change podcast here live at IMAX. I am here with change maker and pioneer Tim Musso from Create Safe. Tim, I had the pleasure of meeting you at the event in Ottawa in May in Canada and was really inspired by how your stories and your experiences can shift the energy in a room and change behavior. So welcome to the Design to Change podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful. So I know you're here in many capacities. Can you tell us a little bit about Create Safe and what you're doing with the um, Google Collab- Collaborator Storycraft Lab? Yeah, so CreateSafe is a research consulting firm. And so what we do is we help our clients and our partners conduct research around a variety of topics. Our main focus is on thinking about what it means for our people, our attendees, our partners to feel safe, um, safe enough to show up as themselves and safe enough to share their authentic voices and perspectives. So with Google XI and StoryCrap Labs in particular, one of the things we're looking at is some of the activations they've put on. So both the wheel of belonging and uh, what's called the Ikigai activation. And so with each of those, a large part of it is asking people to share pretty vulnerably about whether whatever facets might connect with their identity or even to share some pieces of their identity, who they are, the seen and unseen pieces and what's helped frame that. And so with them, we've been going through some of the data they've collected from past activations to kind of look at themes and trends that are emerging and think about how can we ensure that as this activation continues to be deployed at various events, that it's the right and the safe space for people to show up and be able to use that tool in an affirmative and positive way. So you've said safe a couple of times, and I wanted to start the conversation by asking are we thinking enough about safety? Um, I know we talk about, about designing for belonging and belonging at events, but but you're, you're shifting the conversation to safety. And I, I think it's more than just, you know, are there enough exits and there are enough fire extinguishers? So can you talk about if we're really thinking about being safe and safe spaces at events, what does that mean? Yeah, so I think for safety, some three kind of ways to sum it up would be emotional, psychological, and neurological. And so, yes, to your point, there is absolutely that physical aspect of, you know, if something goes wrong, are we going to be okay? But from my research, I found that was actually really minor in regards to how prevalent it is on people's minds. More often than not, um, what people shared is the two main things they're looking for is, can I show up authentically as myself in however I choose to show up? Um, So not being forced to disclose their identities, or if they do disclose or exhibit identities, feeling comfortable and okay with that. 
And then the other piece was thinking about if I speak up and I share my voice, my ideas, my opinion, is it going to be heard? And more importantly, is there going to be an adverse cost to me? Is there going to be some kind of negative impact that might impact me on a social level or might have a negative impact on my career or my standing? And so those are two huge aspects of it, um, that idea of identity and the idea of our voices. Is that something we haven't looked at or looked closely enough at as an industry or as event designers? Is that something we've maybe taken for granted or assumed that we're already uh, thinking about in terms of design? I think one of the biggest assumptions I see is people oftentimes think of worst case behaviors and the most severely toxic or egregious behaviors. So a lot of times when I've talked with either event professionals or associations and they're looking at planning their events, the common refrain I hear is, well, we have a policy for that, right? If, if something happens, if someone experiences harassment or discrimination or some form of toxic behavior, we'll handle it. And absolutely, those severely toxic behaviors can impact our safety. But we've also found that the things that cause people to feel unsafe and unsafe enough to disconnect or feel isolated or exhausted are actually much more minor than we think. Um, so through some of my research, I was hearing people talk about things like if I show up in a space and no one looks like me, I don't feel like I belong. Or if I'm in an event and there's a lack of information, especially if I'm a first time attendee and so I don't know how to find that information or it's unapproachable, um, my desire to be a part of that really diminishes. And then it's even things like, you know, if I, if I don't drink and I, the only social activities are around alcohol or even people saying I do drink, but, you know, things kind of get out of control. A lot of that was very prevalent. And so I think sometimes when we look at safety, we're, we're only preparing for creating policies around or trying to create systems to address the most egregious behaviors. Um, whether that's effective or not, I think is a completely separate conversation. Yeah, for sure. But then I think it's, you know, we, we talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, and yes, it's that, and it's also so much more of even just the feedback systems we're adopting, the channels we're using, the mechanisms for people to share their voice, thinking about the voices that might be missing. Um, I think also those are really prevalent things we have to address. So if we're trying to address that and we're thinking about human nature and moving forward and being empathetic, um, and we talk a lot about empathy and event design, what are some questions that we need to ask ourselves, ask our stakeholders and ask our event owners to challenge our thinking to see if we really are designing for belonging, if we really are designing for mental, psychological, and emotional safety? I think one of the first questions is whose voices are missing, um, right? So as we're collecting feedback or as we're hearing from people, whether it's through formal channels or even the informal channels of, hey, we're at an event and someone approaches me in the hallway to give me a bit of information about something went wrong, who's not speaking up? And then I think the, the question that comes from that is also why aren't they speaking up? Is it a lack of resources? Is it a lack of potentially training or a lack of knowledge? Um, is it cultural differences, things going on in that kind of capacity? And so really trying to think about who isn't a part of this conversation and why are they not a part of this conversation? And then I think the other side is if we're trying to solicit people's feedback and ideas and opinions, what are we doing after the fact? Um, I think especially, I saw this a lot with really severely violating behaviors. I found that um, executives and people who are in leadership positions many times were afraid of addressing things that were going on or brought to their attention because they didn't want to get it wrong. And I heard that constantly, like, what if more information comes out or what if we address this in the wrong way? 
And I think the problem with that is if we think about an event as an ecosystem, you know, when that kind of stuff happens, people tend to know about it and it, you know, spreads through informal channels and they're talking. And so if there's that lack of response or silence, then people are just going to feel unsafe and they're going to continue to feel isolated or they might even say, well, this, this organization or this company doesn't care about these type of issues. Um, and there needs to be that tangible action of we've heard this is a problem, we know this is going on, and here is what we're doing to address that. Have you found that the companies that you work for or the events that you're allowed to be a part of see that behavior change, see that positive change as people begin to feel that without them even asking or trying that their safety is being addressed? Yes, yeah, and I think part of what we found is that um, if we can recognize that the things that are causing us to feel unsafe enough to disconnect are much more minor than we tend to think, if we're teaching our people the right skills, if we're giving them the right tools and we're building the right formal and informal culture, that is then going to also apply to the more severe behaviors as well. Um, I think if we expect people to speak up and you know address issues that are taking place, if they don't have those skills, tools, or cultural channels, then we're not going to hear from them, but when we can start to bring in those efforts, it becomes easier. And not only does it become easier, it becomes kind of a part of the identity of this is accepted. We know that they want to hear this feedback. They want to hear about the things that are taking place. They want to hear about what's going wrong. They want to address this. And then slowly, as time goes on, trust is built up more and more and more because you know, if you think about someone who is disconnected or feels isolated and by themselves, you know, that can be really difficult. And all of a sudden, when you see that organization or that event say, hey, here's what we did to fix this. And, you know, we can't promise this is the end all be all of things, but we know this is a step in the right direction. You might feel that feeling of, great, I feel better going back there. I feel okay re-entering that space. I feel okay advocating for others to attend that space. Um, and be a part of it because you know that there is that underlying care and there's a care for the people who are a part of it. No, I, I love that. I, I think that us learning a little bit more about safety more than I think what planners are used to and it's you know the big 47 page safety plan and the evacuation this is where we're meeting and this is all the the public safety people we're calling but forgetting that my feeling of safety might be psychological it might be emotional um, I definitely feel, you know, seeing, I've seen a lot of ally ribbons. I've seen a lot of people with these types of stickers say like, I'm, I'm proud to be here and I'd like to join you in my space. You can see those connections happening almost organically and saying, oh, I, I see myself reflected here. What maybe is going through the mind of someone who, who isn't feeling that, who, who is in that sort of, what you might say is like a minor sort of like micro safety issue. Like what's the long-term effects of us not addressing that? Yeah, so I, I tend to def see three effects that would occur. Um, first and foremost, people would disconnect. So they would probably take a step back. They might not attend as many events. They may self-select out of certain activities or um, just kind of remove themselves gradually from that space. Um, then there tended to be some form of kind of trying to reconcile it. So that might be talking with the event itself or planners or people who are responsible. More often than not though, it tended to be sharing in existing social relationships. So that could be people at the event, right? Their friends or peers, someone that they trust. A lot of times it was also someone who might not even be connected to it, a loved one, a friend, a partner, someone removed from the situation just to kind of process and get that feedback. 
But the thing I found is that if, if situations weren't addressed, the end and ultimate behavior every time is that people would ultimately leave. Um, when they left or how often that happened tended to correlate to the severity of the violating behavior. So when something's more egregious, it tends to happen more immediately. But if enough things happen that cause them to feel unsafe time and time and time again, the end result is always that people just choose to opt out of that experience or that community. Yeah. And of course, we don't want that in the community yeah. that's meant to bring people together. And events are made to bring people together in a space and create belonging and self-actualization to learn, to feel, and to connect. So for our listeners who are thinking about designing for this, who are thinking about, I, I don't know if I'm addressing this, I don't know what behaviors to look for, how can they participate with you, with the Google XI, with with uh, create safe. Like, what is a way for them to connect in a way where they can say, hey, I don't know if I'm doing this, but I want to take one micro step towards adding this to my design process. Like, how can they how can they break down that barrier and start to move in a direction of designing for safety? Yeah, one of the things I always recommend is um, think about the feedback channels that you were using, how you're soliciting people's perspective. And uh, if, especially if you're using formal mechanisms, ask fewer questions. Um, I think sometimes, especially in the event world, we tend to have overly complicated surveys that may not matter, right? It's, it's great to ask about the food at the event, but you know, thinking about even IMEX itself, right? The food is the food and there's not much we can do to change it when you have 17,000 people <laughs> right. coming through the door. So stop asking that question um, and ask fewer questions and ask really the questions that matter about topics that really are important. I think one thing that um, Google XI has done that I love about their events that is a tool that I highly recommend is also bringing in multiple opportunities to provide feedback in a more interactive way. So yes, that might be a post-event evaluation or survey. Yes, it's people on site who you can talk to if there's an issue. But it's also things like um, you know individuals who are walking around actively seeking out feedback and trying to talk to people during the course of the event to ask them questions and gauge their perspective and make sure they're okay. I think, you know, the resilience room that they built in as well, creating a space for people. And then if you can check in on people who might be frequently using the resilience room, or I know that um, also Google XI oftentimes will put in uh, places where they'll collect feedback through things like sticky notes. And then that gives you just that opportunity where if someone shares something, you can then follow up on it. You can try and look at it. And even if it's anonymous, you can still then have that after processing, which is another huge thing that I love that they do for so many of their events is making sure there's time built in where the community can come back together after the event and talk about it and talk about those findings and share and openly address them. Because I think if people are sharing and we're not then following up and we're not showing any of that, then what's the point in, in collecting that feedback in the first place? And let's have more conversations that move us forward. Tim, thank you so much for being on the Design to Change podcast and for all you do to create safer spaces in our industry. It was a pleasure having you and I look forward to having you maybe back next year. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners.
Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rude Janssen, Rue Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rukens, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. Hello.